say this every week. That's my song. That is it. That's the theme song. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the top of my house, just below the roof, above the second floor, back in the attic. Every single Friday morning, I come to you live from my attic with professional leaders of nonprofit organizations. Who are these people? These people are on the front lines making an incredible impact each and every second of every minute of every hour of every day, of every month, every year. I say that all the time because. Nonprofits change our world every day, every day. We know it. I keep saying it. Who makes this impact if the nonprofit executive leaders and their teams don't make the impact? So what have I done? Unfortunately, I, I feel that these, these nonprofits, or I tell you this all the time, I tell you every week, overlooked, unrecognized, and often underfunded. And my answer to that is philanthropy and focus. So what do I do? I bring on these leaders to focus on what's important to them. So we're going to start to show maybe a little differently than normal today. Um, it's the last Friday. It's the last business day of Mental Health Awareness Month. So certainly a, a great uh, topic to be discussing today. I, I want to sort of read something. I mean, I, I think I know this by heart now, this quote, um, great actor, comedian, Robin Williams. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind always. Be kind always. Gosh, man, if we could just do that more, if we could be more compassionate, if we could be more loving and more caring. Just a guy in an attic, but I think we'd have a better world because of that. So I, I, I listen, I'm fair, far, far, far from being perfect. Just trying to be better than I was yesterday. But if we can take that sentiment, be kind always. You don't know what other people are dealing with. We don't know what they're going through. I want to read a, a, the definition of the word solace. Solace, to give comfort to someone in grief or misfortune, to console. Wow. I, I mentioned Robin Williams, and unfortunately, Robin Williams, as we know, as many of us know, took his own life and, and um, tragically. And, and, and that's some of what we're going to, we're not going to talk about Robin Williams specifically, but uh, Solace House is the organization who's on the program today. Um, Danielle Gallagher and Liz McInnes are here today, and I'll introduce them shortly. But before I even do that, I just want to say um, thanks for being here. Thanks for checking in with me each week, because th this has become my mission. This has become my mission to get out there and amplify the message of these nonprofit organizations. And yeah, I I'm a little more somber and relaxed maybe this morning because of the topic we're going to talk about but as soon as the as soon as the lyrics come on after that first break you know i'm going to be singing and dancing so but let's 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 get into this so um before i even introduce my guests i want to say ireland senator joan freeman established this pilot program in 2005 a one-year pilot program in new york city this was the first u.s location of solace house uh and it was uh, an affiliation with or or they were a resident of the New York Irish Center building, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, today. Shout out to my buddy Paul Finnegan and the team over at the Irish Center. Hopefully we'll, we'll get into that. But really to provide services to adults, adolescents, and children who are going through challenges around suicide, suicide, uh, suicidal ideations, uh, just, just thoughts. I, I have some stuff. I, one more thing I want to tell you. Uh, in, in 2019, 47,511 people committed suicide. The numbers have gone down, not significantly, but actually from, from 19 to 20, went down about 5.6%. So last year in 2020, 44,834 people took their life, took their own lives. But I'll tell you this, listen to the, these statistics. In 2019, 12 million adults, uh, 12 million American adults seriously thought about suicide. suicide. Three and a half million of those planned a suicide attempt and one and a half, 1.4 million attempted suicide. That's tragic, man. People need help and people need services. So without me pontificating and getting on my soapbox and, and ranting and raving about the way we treat mental health in this country, on this planet, you know, I'm going to do that later on today anyway. But without doing that, let me introduce my, my friends, leaders in this fight. Danielle Gallagher and Liz McGinnis. Ladies, just come off of mute. And I'd like to say, welcome to my attic and welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having us. You're welcome. Thank you so much. So happy to be here. I'm very happy to have you both here. And I mean it, you guys are on the front lines. You're making the impact, um, you know, not to be self-disparaging, but I'm just trying to let people know that these services are available and you guys are the ones with your team. And I know it's not a huge team that you have at your organization either, right? It's a, it's a rather small organization, right? Yes. Um, we're a team of nine. Nine. Making an incredible impact, right? So, so before we jump into the dialogue, I'm going to read a bit about your backgrounds because I think that really sets the stage to really uh, develop where we're going to go with this conversation today. But as we do every week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to learn about the history of the organization. I started to tell you about Joan Freeman, and, and and we'll talk about that. But the history of the organization, what the challenges are that they're up against, and what they're trying to solve, and how and how their programs are, are doing just that. So Danielle Gallagher came to Saul's house in 2017 after working as a communications and development on the communications development team at their Center Against Domestic Violence, which was a nonprofit providing shelters for survivors of domestic violence. So I find that my friends in the nonprofit sector are drawn to this work for some reason or another. So I'd like in a second both of you ladies to talk about that. Liz, on the other side of things, came from to Saul's house in 2019. And uh, prior to that, she had worked as a clinical caseworker and associate clinical director at Libertas Center for Human Rights, which is a program for survivors of torture, and that was located at Elmhurst Hospital, affiliated with the Mount, Mount Sinai system. She continues to provide forensic psychological evaluations and affidavits for asylum seekers through Libertas with an interest in the asylum seekers fleeing persecution due to sexual orientation and or gender identity. Liz identifies as a therapist allied to the LGBTQ plus community and works to create safe and affirming therapeutic space for her clients. Ladies, thank you for being here. Thank you for the work you do. Let's dive in. Danielle, why don't we just start with you? What drew you to nonprofit? And then we'll go, we'll just kind of go back and forth. And let's, let's just have, it's just the three of us, as I said, having a, having a chat. Yeah. That's all it is. All good. Um, yeah, sure. So, um, in college, I actually volunteered with a domestic violence shelter my senior year, um, and that kind of just flipped my whole career trajectory. I knew I wanted to work in some type of social sector, and um, in 2013, I moved to New York, had all of the hard restaurant jobs, internships, etc., but I eventually um, landed at an internship with Mo Women Moving Millions, they encourage people to donate on the million dollar level to women and girl initiatives. Um, they're a really cool organization. And through that, I was introduced to someone at Center Against Domestic Violence, where I was able to join their development and communications team. So I've always just been drawn to that work, um, especially in the women and girls sector, promoting that and um, this led me to mental health and I've been to South South since 2017. Incredible, incredible journey. And I love that, that, that something in, at the college level drew you to this work, you know, and, and we, we say it on the show all the time and, and we'll go to Liz in a second, but we say it on the show all the time, or, or I say it on the show, you know, nobody says, um, you know, I want to be a millionaire and I want to live in a big fancy house up on a hill. So I'm going to go and do nonprofit work. Right. There's something else that draws people to this work. And I I've sort of threatened the sector that eventually I'll probably be working in the sector more so than what I do now. But, you know, probably on a development of public relations role, because that's kind of me. But, you know, I, I just think we're all, um, you know, like I say, I, I believe that we're supposed to be helping each other. I believe that we're supposed to find compassion for each other. And back to the, the quote I opened the show with and, and you know, um, be kind always. Isn't that just what we're supposed to be doing, man? Maybe I'm too hokey. Maybe I am, but that's okay. If you don't dig it, don't listen to the show. <laughs> Liz, what brought you to this type of work? What kind of, was there a catalyst? Was there a situation? Was there an individual experience? Tell me about that. Yeah, I think it was kind of like a collective of experiences. Um, when I was in college, I uh, was interested in community service and social justice efforts which kind of led me to uh, attend graduate school for social work. And um, there, you know, I gained a interest in working with the LGBTQ plus community, as well as, you know, having experience with working with immigrant 
uh, immigrant uh, rights issues um, and workers' rights issues. Um, and um, that kind of led me into start thinking about like access, you know, and barriers to uh, competent services. And so that kind of um, uh, helped me do a, uh, sort of like look for organizations that do provide greater access to services of underserved uh, populations. Uh, it, for eight years, I prior to Solace, I worked at the Libertas Center, which is a great organization providing services, comprehensive services to immigrant survivors of torture and human rights violations. And I would say there, I really kind of honed my skills in working on um, risk assessment issues, crisis management, and that kind of carried over into my work at Solace when I joined in November, 2019. And so I'm a clinical supervisor and therapist at Solace House. So what, what does that mean, supervisor? So you're doing the work and you also, you, you manage a team of individuals? Yes, so I uh, provide clinical supervision to the psychotherapists on staff at Solace House. And um, in addition to that, I'm seeing my own caseload of clients who come into Solace House. Got it, got it. Special work you guys are doing, as I've said. So let's talk a little bit about why or how or what, how does an organization come you know, fr from Ireland and what is the draw? I mean, you know, what, what, can, can you give me the, the genesis, Danielle, if there, if you, if you have it there, where like, how does this organization leave Ireland or a, a, a partnership organization and, and say, let's get, let's get into Long Island City, Queens? Yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, Senator Joan Freeman, she founded uh, Pieta House in Ireland in 2006, I believe. And unfortunately, this was a result of her losing a family member to suicide. So it was one of her passions, mental health um, was super important to her. And Pieta House does a darkness into light walk. It's their flagship fundraiser. Um, we do something similar here. We call it the Sala Sunrise Walk now, but essentially we start in the early morning and you go from darkness into light, participants walk as the sun is rising. And in 2014, our current CEO, Rebecca Sked, her and a few friends brought that walk over here. Um, Joan loved it, loved the idea. So it wasn't even the organization yet, it was the walk. It was the Rebecca, walk. Rebecca, the CEO of your organization said, let's do the walk here in, in Queens. Yeah, and so Rebecca at the time actually worked for the New York Art Center. So we have a very close relationship with them. They did the walk here in the Bronx. Um, it was huge. I think over a thousand people attended. And Joan, through Rebecca, ended up bringing a pilot program over here that operated out of the New York Art Center. I think we had one therapist. They did about like two or three hours a week. Um, and it was just so apparent the need was here. Like, and we needed it. There was Irish um, immigrants here that they couldn't go home. They didn't maybe have jobs. They just needed someone to talk to. Um, so from that, we they grew. And then in 2017, after that pilot program, it was very apparent we needed this. Um, so we decided to separate and become Solace House so that we can grow as a U.S. entity. Um, there's a lot more paperwork <laughs> involved here. And with it being an international versus national, it was just easier to make that separation. Although like our model and ethos and everything comes from Ireland. Comes from Theater House, right? That's where it sort of it is derived from. All right. So we're, ladies and gentlemen, you know my show, you know we move fast and you know the breaks kept, keep sneaking up on us. So we're going to take a two minute break. But when we come back, I really want to dive into... What, so it's 2017. What what is the impact that started to be seen and, and was made? And maybe we could bring that into programs and things like that. Um, so when we come back, uh, I am here with Liz McGinnis, Danielle Gallagher of Solace House. You guys know Queens is my favorite borough. So I just got myself in trouble with four other boroughs there again. I did it again. But shout out to Queens. Shout out to Long Island City. Let's go Mets. We'll be back in two minutes. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day.
Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you interested in having a better relationship with yourself, others, and God? Greetings. I'm your host, Dr. George Andow, for the show, A Journey Through Into Awareness. On my show, we journey into the awareness that the mind of God is the true seat of our personal consciousness. We join together each Monday at 7 p.m., so tune in on Talk Radio NYC. Did you know that nearly one in five adults in the U.S. battles mental illness? Hi, my name is Albert Dabba. I'm the host of the show Extra Innings. Extra Innings, I discuss the topics of wellness, mental health, and the experience of surviving multiple suicides within my family. Listen live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern to Extra Innings for discussions with sports figures, artists, mental health professionals, and many others. That's Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. I don't know if that's a request, a statement, a command, but I would just suggest it. Cut through all the static. Join your boy, Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector. Join me in the attic. So uh, being the nonprofit sector connector, what happens is I've always been the connector. And uh, Brendan Levy, who I don't know if you guys know Brendan Levy, but that's how I know Paul Finnegan. And that's how I know you guys. So my, my buddy, my pal, I call him Uncle Brendan. And I do that because a lot of my uncles don't look like me, but they're certainly older than me. So I love you, Uncle Brendan. Um, we might not be related uh, by blood, but you're, you're family to me, man. I appreciate you and I appreciate everything you do for me. Uh, and I appreciate you writing that jingle. That is from Brendan Levy and the Damaged Goods. What you guys might not know is Brendan's a singer. Um, years ago, 20 years ago or something like that, they had a band and they were called The Goods. But now that they were older men, they call themselves Damaged Goods. So shout out to the damaged goods, shout out to the goods. Sister Tisa Fitzgerald was on the show a few months back and she said, no, Tommy, they're, they're treasured goods. And I said, fair enough, Sister T, right on. All right, so let's get back into our conversation. I want to say hello to Albert Dabby. You just heard the commercial extra innings. Um, you guys should probably, you, you know, you all at Solace House should not be more aware of that program and I'll make that connection and maybe um, as you get more and more comfortable digging, doing this, this radio show thing, maybe you'll go on, uh, on Albert's show uh, one time as well. But we're talking about, you know, we're talking about Solace House. We're, we're talking about a bit about mental health issues. We'll dive into that a little bit. I told you about the statistics, the suicide statistics. Um, I, I found it interesting that the numbers have been going down the last three years and, and even including uh, 2020, the numbers had, had decreased as well. But um, maybe maybe we're uh maybe we're we're ending the stigma maybe we're really working on ending the stigma around mental health issues we're, we're having the dialogue and maybe a year like we've just been through year and a half i guess it is now maybe that's opened our eyes as a society to to be more compassionate and listen to people you know i always say if i if i burn myself or if i cut my arm nobody's gonna you know there's no stigma around me going to the urgent care and getting that that healed 
but when it comes to mental health, I think it's treated differently. So let, let's talk a little bit about, so 2015, 16, 17 rolls around and you guys opened your second location up in, in Yonkers, correct? Mm-hmm. So, so let's, let's talk about, take me to 17, take me to that. And let's, let's, after we kind of set more of the stage, let's go to the programs if we could. Sure. Um, 2017, Salas House was established fully. 2018, we did open up in Yonkers. Um, once we did that, our it was more word of mouth that really got us clients. Um, people ask if we advertise all the time, and we say no. We, we unfortunately we don't really need to. We have a streamline of clients coming in. Um, from all boroughs we help everybody in the city and between Long Island City and Yonkers we see about 70 to 75 clients per week Um, and we don't have a max number on how many times someone can come. Um, Let me ask you about that Daniel because what is the cost if somebody needs to come and have appointments with you guys? We are completely free Great question, Tommy. <laughs> it's completely um, free, folks. So, you know, there's no excuse. I don't, my coverage is in, out of network, blah, blah, blah. I don't have this. I, I can't. This is a service. This is a service that this organization has has created a model where if you need help, how do they, so if somebody does need help, Danielle, Liz, how do they get in touch with, with Salas House right now? They'd call our uh, main line. They would probably talk to me. <laughs> Well, you, you're on this meeting with me right now, so the yeah. somebody would have to pick up. Um, one of our one of our other few coworkers, we would do a brief intake, assess the risk level. Um, we say, people, if you're one out of 10, 10 is you have a plan, we would maybe recommend going to the hospital or safety planning with them. If they're a little lower, we try to get them an appointment um, as soon as possible. And after that, they would meet for their initial assessment with someone like Liz or one of our therapists. And after that, it's just once a week, 45 to 50 minutes. Um, Like we said, there is no insurance. There's no referral. There's no payment. We want it to be as accessible and barrier-free as possible. Um, So they would meet about once a week until they're ready to close. Um, We don't want to send anybody on their way when they're not ready. We feel like that's just putting a bandaid over the situation. Um, so Liz, I'm sure could talk more about that, but um, that that's how yeah. we operate. So, so let's do that. Let's play that all out. Cause I like, um, I, I'm a visual person. So I want to like see the whole thing. Like, so the phone call comes in and then Liz, you and your team sort of have an initial assessment. What is the experience like? Because I, I'm watching a video this morning with Rebecca Sked on an interview, it's an old interview, it's probably, I think it was 2019, but she says, the way this is set up, it's it's not clinical. So the, the experience, tell me a little, I'm not going to ruin it, you tell me, because I wrote notes about it, but what is it like when somebody first comes to meet, but prior to COVID, prior to telemed, prior to all this kind of stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, the therapists coordinate with the administrative team, um, and schedule the appointment, and at the assessment, we, um, are you know getting really tr- trying to create a non-judgmental and safe space as possible, and understanding that that trust and rapport builds over time. Um, but I would say we're we're trying to get a holistic sense of the person, so we're asking questions, um, demographic information, going into past history, current and present suicidal ideation. Uh, we do we use assessment tools to assess for you know, signs of depression, anxiety, and risk for suicide. And um, we're also focusing on, you know, looking at the support systems that they might have in their worlds, you know, and, and that may mean assessing like, okay, where do you get your emotional support from? Is it family? Is it other loved ones? Is it a community you developed on your own and created on your own? And um, I also think it's really important that we focus on how have you coped, you know, since you know, before arriving to uh, Saul's house? Like, what are ways that you found to um, be effective for you in coping and really try to build on those strengths that exist already? Um, and then we do kind of identify goals at the end of the assessment as 
as themes to kind of discuss and work on as we're continue on, continuing on with the sessions. And we continuously assess for risk. We may do you know, tools and um, continue to evaluate the risk of suicide for the client and, um, and really try to work with the client to identify coping strategies, build social support. Uh, it, those are some examples of uh, ways that we work with clients. Thank you yeah, for, for kind of being specific like that. Is there, is there group work or is it all one-on-one -on -one individual work with Silas House? Yes, so mostly we provide individual therapy. We have this really wonderful uh, group uh, therapy. Uh, uh, so we provide group support to those individuals who have a loved one that, who died by suicide and they're experiencing grief and loss. And one of our uh, wonderful therapists provides that every other week. Uh, and that really, I think, connects, helps uh, individuals who might feel isolated, might be experiencing painful emotions as a result of their loved one dying by suicide to get that support, connect with people who really understand uh, the experience, that, that specific experience. You, I said, thank you Liz, I said it up front, I said that, you know, as I look at my notes, you serve adults, adolescents and children as well. Um, do you find that maybe this is a difficult question to answer, but do you find that that children are are having a more challenging time than than in the past? You know, whether it be look, if we can call it social media, whatever we want to call it, do you experience that children in your practice again newer to Solace House, but you have experience in this area? You know, in that in the last decade since you've been. Um, doing this type of work? Have you seen an increase in challenges that kids are having? I would say that it, it's dependent uh, on the case. Uh, there may be different risk factors and protective factors that may be going on. And it, you can't necessarily point to one, you know, that could contribute to a child versus adult being high, high risk versus the other. Mm. Uh, but I would say that um, we really try to kind of like develop um, a like tailored case plan or treatment plan for that, mm -hmm. that child, that young person. Uh, and so I think that, you know, for example, this past year has been particularly difficult uh, for everyone, but I would say um, for children, there might be challenges around, you know, social isolation as an example of, you know, uh, challenges due to uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and uh, having limited, maybe like limited social support uh, while, you know, remote school and, and um, yeah. as an example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I mean, I have children and, and um, I think, you know, I, just to speak generally, I think what we've all experienced in the last year and a half, 15, 16 months, whatever the, the time frame is at this point, how long it's been, um, has maybe exacerbated what we've all been going through. And I, I think, you know, if I, I've attributed a couple of silver linings to a global pandemic, which is not exactly what, the way I want to say things, but there are certain things that have happened as a result of uh, this experience. And I think maybe I said it up front early today, I think maybe maybe it's exposed more of what we've, what we all has been underlying under the surface. Um, and now maybe we're more compassionate for it. Maybe there's more of an awareness towards it, but I, I just think that, um, I, I, again, not being trained in, in the, um, not being trained in, in psychology or, or uh, psychotherapy or any of this, um, just knowing people, I, I just find that there's opportunities for us all to connect on better levels. And I think, personally as as disconnected as maybe we were social isolation whatever it was i also think we got a, a chance to pause and i sort of this is not clinical in any way this is just me reflecting on being a human i think we got to see and be connected to our families more i don't know if you guys have experienced the same thing but i know personally i was never home as much as i'm home now i'm literally home all the time i was never ever home monday through friday and i feel that um I've had the opportunity and the ability to strengthen relationships and, um, and, and become more aware of the needs of the people I live with my children and my wife. 
And, and I think that's, you know, just coming off the top of the head, that's something that, that I've experienced and maybe it's, it's uh, impacted other people. So what, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we come back, I, I want to talk about it, it, are there certain alliances you have with other nonprofits or for, or for-profit organizations or are there certain alliances that you might be looking towards, you know, that, that maybe some people listening in might be connected to organizations, connected to businesses. I mean, I know a handful of organizations in the mental health space that, um, you know, that I might be able to make some, some, um, some direct connections for you. So I, I'm just curious about that because that's always part of my interest is where are the, where's the collaborative opportunities and, and how might we, me and the people listening in be able to help. So it is philanthropy and focus, you know, I'm in the attic, super serious today. I don't know, I'm just realizing that more serious than normal. We're going to try and change that in the next segment. Liz and Danielle, thank you for being here. Everybody, we'll be back in two minutes. See you soon. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. Nonprofits need connections to move in the right direction. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. My kids walk around the house singing that song. Like question that it does make me smile. It does. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, like this is serious stuff. But I knew as soon as I heard my little jingle again, I could come back to being the Tommy D we all know and love. So <laughs> listen, I I I, I kind of peppered you with some ideas. We were chatting in the chat box here i, I do want to before we even dive into sort of like what does the organization need where's the organization going i did want to you know liz we you and i spoke earlier today and i, I want to if you could speak specifically to the needs of the lgbtq um commute plus community excuse me um and, and sort of maybe some challenges you've experienced that that community is going through um and and how, how some of that's been addressed. Because, you know, while I haven't had anybody uh, representing an organization that serves that community, shout out to anybody who'd like to come on the show and discuss those topics, because I'd, I'd love to have you on the show. So tell me a little bit about that, if you don't mind, Liz. Absolutely. Um, 
So I just want to acknowledge, though, I, I'm not an expert. I'm passionate and always learning uh, about the issues and needs of this particular community. Uh, but, you know, I do. So from what I understand, uh, doing research uh, and looking at, for example, the Trevor Project, uh, which is a wonderful mm -hmm. uh, support hotline for LGBTQ plus youth. Uh, that they have uh, also really helpful resources on their website. So I just want to like point to them Thank as you. a great expert. Uh, but uh, in studies that they've done, they've while I believe uh, sexual orientation, gender identity is not tracked when someone attempts or dies by suicide. So the, the stats on that is not clear. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is... Uh, information that shows that individuals within that community may contemplate at a higher rate than uh, their peers um, who may not identify with them with that uh, community. Mm -hmm. Just want to point that out. Sure. I think the uh, while uh, a number of the signs for I would say like the uh, general population may include you know someone expressing that they want to die, uh, expressing or sharing uh, emotions of guilt and shame, or feeling like a burden of others, you know, sense of hopelessness. Uh, those are some of the signs. Uh, maybe withdrawing or socially isolating from loved ones or individual uh, communities. I would say uh, what it's important, I think, to point out is ensuring that the LGBTQ plus uh, folks have competent uh, mental health services, competent care and um, uh, greater access to care and uh, social support, uh, mm -hmm. which is another potential uh, risk uh, or risk factor, lack of social support, family support, um, things like that. Yeah, thank you for that. And, and uh, again, I don't know, man, as I get older, I just feel like, isn't that what we're supposed to do is support each other? And maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm just, I used to call myself a short haired hippie, but as I look at myself right now, it's not that short anymore, Tommy. But I just feel like that's like, not everybody is, is granted the same access to whether it be mental health or physical health or education. We all know that that's just not, the world is not set up that way. It's not equal access. There'll be plenty of people that are, that they're probably not listening to my show, but there be plenty of people that would disagree with what I just said there, that everybody has the same access. I, I just, it's just not true. Um, so it's it's organizations like yours that are making that impact, whether it be for the LGBTQ plus community or the community at large, just making me, um, mental health services available. So I want to ask you, if we had to make like a, if the three of us were just kind of, if I have a whiteboard behind me, I'll grab my markers. If we were just going to kind of whiteboard, like where is this organization go, going, right? And how is it, you know, whatever you can share, um, and how is it going to get there? And how can the people that are on my program? So I run a, um, I run a monthly nonprofit executive leadership roundtable with uh, with a colleague of mine, Christine Deska, nonprofit sector strategies. Hey, Christine, what's up? Um, and and we did that group yesterday. We had that group yesterday. It's always the uh, if you're listening and you're a nonprofit leader, it's the fourth Thursday of every month at eight fifteen Eastern time, and we bring on a subject matter expert. Um, and and through those conversations. You know, I said, what is, if you have something you need, share it with us. And somebody said, you know, Tommy, we're, we're actually growing and we're looking to uh, change some, some seats on our board and move some people around and we're looking for board members. So I always give the opportunity. If we're looking out 36 months, 60 months into, you know, even short, shorter term, 18 months a year, what, where does this organization go and what do you need? Well, expansion. That's always our goal. We we would love to be in every city and every town. Um, it's one of the greatest feelings if someone calls me and I can schedule them right away. But we get calls from San Francisco. We get calls from Minnesota um, because really? there are no services like us there. Why, why? Why? What is it? So what's the difference? Is it the cost difference? That that's yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, we have people saying I can't afford 150 to 250 sessions um, of course. every week and Six, that's expensive, yeah, 600, 800 bucks a month. That that's wrong. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we would love to be everywhere. Um, that is our end goal, but for now our expansion is 
LIC, Yonkers, if we could turn that around, have more sessions, um, we would have more clients, more people coming to us. Um, so we would love to expand that way. We also really want to focus on connecting with other organizations. We have NYC Well, we have the Trevor Project. I mean, there are other organizations that have specialties that we might not necessarily have. And a lot of nonprofits, I think, sometimes can repeat services. And I think it's best to utilize what's there. So any kind of connecting referrals back and forth um, is always a positive. And then, of course, the usual of funding. Um, I mean, we are a free service in New York City. And I don't know of any that doesn't mean, like hold this. on a second. Just because you provide a service for free does not mean it's free to provide that service, right? There's actually expenses. There's, there's. I'm assuming there's rent. Um, I know there's payroll. Um, there's other things that there. There's other things that the organization is responsible for, right? That they, that. So, how has Solace House been funded so far, and 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 where do you see other opportunities that somebody might be listening and going? wow, they should be affiliated with our for-profit business. Mm -hmm. um, we've been very fortunate with the supporters and donors that we have. Um, our service runs on the support and backbones of our community because we are probably, I'm going to say about 85% um, funded through private donations and events. Um, we have dabbled in grants. We luckily are supported also by the Irish Consulate of New York City. They are very supportive of us. And we would like to get a bit more support from the city. Um, we have only ever received one grant from them. And considering what we do, how much money we save the city, we would love to get more support from that. Do, do you have statistics on dollars that like kind of hard savings that explain that a bit to me, Danielle, how you say you're saving the city if you could. I know the large scale number is about um, it's like in the billions, what suicide can cost right. family members, cities, services, hospitals, everything that goes after what a suicide has. Mm -hmm. happens um we're preventing that we're yeah. preventing that from happening and we are so we are essentially saving those dollars and lives and family members um from the grief so you know i i just i don't really i don't know if i tell this story all that much but um obviously i'm very affiliated with the queen stream of commerce i just said hello to brendan a couple of times already um you know, I decided this year in, in 2020 that philanthropy and focus, which is basically me, uh, that I wanted to sponsor my friends, nonprofit organizations to become members of the Queen's Chamber of Commerce. And I've done that now for five organizations. And uh, Silas House is one of those organizations. And I know what you're going to say. And yes, you're welcome. <laughs> and I, <laughs> but it's, it's important to me. I only bring it up because I didn't do that just so, you know, the Silas House's name can go in sort of the member guidebook of, of the Queen's Chamber of Commerce. I did that because I want you to leverage that relationship. I want you to, you know, I, I'm going to just say hello to some people. I'm going to say hello to Dr. Larry Grubler. And my friend Avi McCracken at Transitional Services for New York, TSINY, serving 4,000 individuals with mental health issues. They are located in Whitestone, Queens. Dr. Grubler is the co-chair of the nonprofit committee of the Queens Chamber of Commerce. Um, he was actually on the second ever episode of Philanthropy and Focus. Where? In the attic, of course. But it's it's these sort of relationships and that I I have these connections and, and we can create these alliances. Um, I don't know if you know TSI and why I, I need you to, we need to, we'll, we'll take that offline and, and make those connections. Um, you know, the, I will give another hello to Tom Gress, the CEO of the chamber, who has also been on the show here. And I, I say to Tom, you know, Tom went to his board and said, we need to create a nonprofit committee. And, and, you know, the board kind of maybe, maybe, uh, Weren't, weren't aware of the need or, or whatever the case may be, but Tom, Tom found that, that saw that as a great opportunity and, and something that was very important. 
And it is because that's we're supposed to be aligning and helping our nonprofit organizations. So please, what I'm saying is, and I wasn't trying to be cute about it. I, you're welcome, but I want it to be, I want us to utilize that. And if I need to help you utilize that membership, let me know, let me know how to, if you have you started doing anything with that yet, Danielle, have you been able to navigate through the chamber at all at this point? Yeah, they've had a few like events that they've released, but they haven't um, had anything very concrete. All right, let's let's you and I again, not to put people on the spot, like I yeah, do, <laughs> but we'll get we will get to that. Um, if you guys don't know about the Queen's Chamber of Commerce, um, look them up. One of the most robust chambers, really always out there networking and advocating on behalf of businesses and nonprofits in the boroughs. Um, rising tide lifts all ships. My friend Tom Gresh tells me all the time. So let, let me, let's talk a little bit about the walk. I really want to know about the walk. I, and I was watching, I mentioned this old video I found of, of Rebecca Sked, your CEO. Um, and as she was telling the story about the walk, she was saying the walk, and I don't know if this is still the, but it started in, in Gaelic Park and it goes, this is up in the Bronx, right? And um, goes through, I guess, Van Cortland Park. Um, I just love the idea that you're walking from nighttime into the morning. So let's set that up for me and let's talk about it because it's in a couple of weeks. It's coming up. Today's mm-hmm. May 28th, 2021, as we sit here and, and the walks are on June 12th, correct? Yes. So tell me about that. Tell me about what you need for the walk, what that experience is all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just happy to have it this year. Last year, we we had to do a virtual one, which is kind of bizarre, but yeah, it, all um, those virtual walk, walks were kind of strange. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're happy to be back, and it takes place. We actually have seven venues. Um, so we are in Queens, Bronx, Rockland. We had a walk in Catskills. We'll be in New Jersey. We'll be in San Antonio, Texas, and San Francisco, California. Um, San Francisco really? actually walks over the Golden Gate Bridge. Wow. So, yeah, pretty, cool. That's pretty cool. Are they doing it on, on the 12th as well? Yes. So I guess, but I guess it'll be three hours behind our East Coast walk. Is that is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should talk. I, I actually am part of uh, the leadership team of a national networking organization, and we uh, we just um, we just reached out to um, uh, we just grew our community out in San Francisco as well. Um, I actually got to pull us back. I'm realizing I got so caught up in our conversation. We got to take a quick break and um, and we will be back in about one and a half minutes to, to bring this show to close. But we'll talk about the walk a little more when we come right back. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time on talkradio.nyc. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. 
So cut through all the static Join Tommy in his attic you know, I always say I can do whatever I want. It's my show. I can do whatever I want. It's my show. But I still have to take breaks like everybody else. And I, I didn't there. So, so uh, hello on the other side of the glass, Emily. Thanks for keeping me real over here. So listen, um, Steve Fry checking in. Brendan Levy checking in on Facebook. Hello, men. How are you guys? Good to see you. Good to hear from you. Uh, the other thing I want to say is we we just go back to the walks for a second. If we could, Danielle and, and Liz, just make sure you come off mute quick. Um the walks, June 12th, I started to talk about and rant about, or go on about San Francisco, but I want to want to make sure we talk about that because it, it is a, a national situation that you have going on. After this, we'll have to, next week, let's have a quick conversation about ways we might be able to leverage my network across the country in these different markets to uh, to support the walks. Um, what So what do you need for the walks? Let's talk about that, you know, or walk, although it's happening in multiple locations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a 5K walk run. It's really an opportunity for people to come together to remember those that they've lost and also to recognize the stigma around mental health and suicide and show their support for it. So the walk is about hope, it's about resilience, and it's about fighting the stigma. We start in the very early morning where it's dark. It represents what our clients are experiencing when they come to us. They're in a dark place. They're hopeless, not feeling great. And the walk symbolizes taking that journey and you're coming out on the other side um, as the sun rises. And that's what a lot of our clients experience. I know for myself, even when I do a check-in with someone, they're sitting in front of me and they won't, might not even say a word. And by their third or fourth session, they're like, Hey, Danielle, how are you? And it's just, you really literally can see the difference. Okay. Um, that's that sun and, coming out for them that, right. That's the sun rising for them. For that yes. Day. And that's what our walk is for. It's what brings us together. And it just, it opens up the conversation. People don't really like the word suicide. They don't like even saying it. And the more normal mental health becomes, yep. the more we can talk about it and the more we can prevent it. Love that. So what, what do you need? Do you need walkers? You need sponsors? Like, is there still, can people still sponsor? I think the deadline's coming up pretty quick, but. Yeah. So actually our t-shirt sponsors do today. Um, okay. so we do have two. We're very happy about, um, and we have some signage capability of course, but, walkers please come um volunteers we need we need them in all of our venues um so i'll be at the long island city venue we start in the new york Art center and we walk along the water 2019 we we're so lucky with weather it was like cotton candy sky it was beautiful um so it's just a nice day it's a nice morning you're either going to brunch after or you're going to sleep <laughs> so what is, what is saturday i mean early sunday morning is that what it is Saturday morning. So Friday oh, into Saturday. Saturday. Got it. Okay. We meet about 3.30, um, get going by 4, 4.30. And then you're pretty much home by 8. So you can take a nap and then go about your day later. <laughs> yeah. That's special. I, I want to talk to you after the call. You know, next week we'll talk because I, I, I figure out a way to get out there myself and bring some of my people there because um, it's, it's certainly special. How do people find out about that, the walk and things like that? that they uh is it just right on the website danielle mm -hmm. um solacehouseusa.org it's under our events the sunrise walk you can find whatever venue you are near um and then that takes you to the ticket site and through that if you would like to create a fundraising team you can go to extra mile um peer-to-peer -peer, have a team try to get some extra funds in but we would love just to have people there and join us um sure. So solacehouseusa.org, and you can Perfect. find it there. And and now, uh, Liz, if you could, before we close out, I just want something people should be, are there certain things that, that you've experienced that like with clients, whereas family members might be able on the lookout for certain things to, to know that a, a family member or a spouse or a child is is going through some challenges that we might be able to say, oh, there's something here that we, should need, we need to look at. Absolutely. And, and some of the signs I discussed uh, earlier, uh, which, you know, as, a, as I was saying, like include, you know, someone expressing that they 
want to die expressing or sharing emotions of guilt and shame or that they're a burden. Uh, in addition to that, if there's, you know, barriers to, uh, to accessing um, mental health support, uh, maybe having difficulty with asking for help. I would say also like a sense of a shift um, in uh, someone's present, how they present, you know, if there's an increase in sense of hopelessness uh-huh. uh, and, and sadness um, or experiencing emotional pain. Those are some examples. Uh, but I would say, you know, if you are concerned, you know, it's important to direct ask, you know, mm-hmm. um, are you, are you thinking of killing yourself and um, be specific and direct ask and show your support uh, and mm-hmm. try to support the person and get asking for help and getting the support that they need. Yeah, asking them is not going to put the idea in their head. Right. It's not, yeah. You know, as you said it, as Liz said it, I was like, really? Because then if, if they're thinking that way, they're thinking that way. It's not like me saying, are you actually feeling that way that they're going to go, oh, now I should do that. Like I have the idea. Right. That's not something sh- we should be direct. Well, that, yeah. that, I think we can I think we can leave the, the conversation there, ladies and gentlemen, because look out for your friends, look out for your family, solacehouseusa.org. That's the website, mm-hmm. right? Solacehouseusa.org. Danielle, thank you for being here. Liz, thank you for being here. It, it's always too quick. It's always too quick. To show yeah. up, but it delivers the message we need to. And there's always the opportunity to bring people back on the show because it's my show. I can do whatever I want to do. <laughs> All right. So Tommy D coming at you from the attic. My friends at Solace House, the walk is June 12th around the country. Check in with me if you're looking for that. Tommy D at NYC, Tommy D dot NYC on Instagram. Tommy D at philanthropy and focus, P-H-O-C-U-S.com if you want to get me on email. Stay tuned for the program with Steve Fry. It is always Friday because his name is Steve Fry. He's got his shades on, the whole deal. He's coming up. After that, you have the entrepreneurial web with Jeremiah Fox. I have trouble with that word entrepreneurial. There it is. And then Joseph McElroy, Wise Content Creates Wealth. Stay tuned on the network, talkradio.nyc, your boy Tommy D. As I say, make it a great weekend. See ya. Nonprofits need connections to move in good directions. So cut through all the static. Join Tommy in his attic. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Hi, I'm Graham Dobbin. Join me every Thursday evening for the Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. We speak to people from business, sport, military and politics, all around what makes a great leader. The personal experiences of what's worked and, maybe more importantly, what hasn't worked. So, that's 7 o'clock every Thursday evening. The Mind Behind Leadership here on talkradio.nyc. Listen to real stories of real leaders. Hi, I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Wise Content Creates Wealth. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Friday afternoon from 1 p.m. to 2. They say content is king. Well, wise content rules the world. Every episode features tools and tips for content marketing and business people telling the wise content stories of that success. Tune in every Friday from 1 p.m. to 2 on talkradio.nyc. Hey, all you listeners looking to boost your business. Why not advertise on Talk Radio NYC with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply send us a message on our website, talkradio.nyc. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. 
Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 